This is Creative Drive. I'm Eric Torres. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Episode 8 of Creative Drive. Before we jump into this main topic uh, for this episode, I wanted to catch you guys up on some stuff that's been going on. First, I'm a bit off schedule due to some travel I've been doing. At the end of April, I took Creative Drive on the road to NAU, Northern Arizona University, and it was a blast. I can't say enough good things about the students and the faculty there, and just how welcoming they made me, or welcomed they made me feel. So, I don't really have, you know, a formal presentation for Creative Drive when it's in person, other than, you know, Creative Drive Live, I guess you could say, that does the job, but... You know, the presentation I gave, it just, you know, it had some of my early history as an artist. It went over some of the work I've done in the past few years. And finally, you know, it kind of ended on some perspective on how I've been able to grow in this uh, career in design. Um, Not really any magic, as you guys will hear me say all the time. It's really as simple as working hard, and that's the main thing. But Anyway, it was a great experience meeting everyone up at uh, NAU and uh, really had fun connecting with you guys. So thanks. If you guys are listening, appreciate your uh, welcoming spirit. It was great. Now, for some of those of you who may not know, this time of year is really big for us here at Specimen. Um, The Phoenix Comic Con is coming up. and It's typically been the last weekend of May, pretty much. Labor Day weekend, maybe, I think it is. Um, But now it's June 6th, 7th, and 8th, and this is going to be our 7th year exhibiting there. So we primarily share the World of Renaga creations that I work on, such as the games and books and prints, art prints. And we spend our time, you know, just sharing our story with um, people that we meet, our supporters and fellow exhibitors. It's just a really great time for that camaraderie between other people who are out there doing their best to show, um, you know, the results of their creativity. Um, This year I'll be at a booth most of the time, but I'll also be trying to just kind of break away here and there to listen in on some of the panels and presentations that go on. We'll be demoing Iconica, that's our game, our tabletop game, in the game room as well at Phoenix Comic Con. And, oh, I should say that our booth number is 699 for any of those of you who plan to stop in. So that's it for the subtle commercials there. (laughs) But anyway, on to today's topic. And uh, again, thanks to you guys for tuning in. So in this episode, I thought I'd relate some experiences I've had just learning to be a better writer. And... You know, I'm coming from this from the standpoint of creative writing, mainly. I have, admittedly, limited experience um, writing in anything else other than creative writing. Uh, That's what's held my interest over the years. But, you know, I'm always practicing and challenging myself with new projects. And for some of my work experience, I've really had to do that. It's been out of necessity. But the main experience I've had so far is in you know, three main areas. Poetry is the first one. Um, I tend not to share a lot of poetry right now in my life. I don't know why, but, you know, I just, 
I tend to spend time here and there on poetry that has, you know, just kind of a folk story sensibility to it, um, storytelling through uh, poems and verse. Another area that I focus on that's a little bit more upfront and visible these days is um, trying to get better as a narrator. I published my first narrated story at the end of 2013, and, you know, fiction is really near and dear to my heart. It's something that really, you know, engages me, and I feel like I have a lot of stories to tell, but getting better as a narrator has been, you know, a challenge. It's taken years for me to work at that. And then the last area is technical writing. So, you know, coming up with Iconica, the tabletop game that we have, it requires that people know how to play it. So that means writing rules and writing rules that people can actually comprehend and that aren't 45 pages of rules. So that's been a whole learning experience too. Now you guys have heard me talk about and mention how bad I was in school at math growing up. And, you know, that resulted in the whole major trauma of my young life, which was being held back in the fourth grade for bad math grades. And I had to repeat that year while everyone else in my grade moved on. Well, on the upside, I was a pretty fierce reader at that time, and that kind of translated into writing skill for me at a young age, which, you know, reading and writing, I did really well at in school. I actually had like a, when I was in fourth grade, I was already like close to an eighth grade level. And when I was at eighth grade, I was already reading and writing at a high school level. So that's actually been something I had, you know, just a, a predisposition to, I guess you might say. Um, but, you know, again, working as a designer over the past 14 years, I just can't tell you guys how many times writing has benefited me at the day job. Um, proofing skill, grammar, punctuation, these are the main things that I've been able to get sharper at. And, you know, we just become more sensitive to those things as we improve in the act of writing. So you guys might write novels. You might be doing webcomics or music, children's books, or poetry of your own, all kinds of creative pieces. And you might be tasked at work with writing messages for marketing campaigns. Um, some of you may be writing the next screenplay or, you know, writing for theater. So whatever the case may be, I think that, you know, success comes down to cultivating this kind of fertile soil for your skill as a writer to grow in and just making time for writing. So I'll expound on more principles and kind of deeper stuff in maybe future episodes about staying creatively inspired as a writer, you know, some of the, the really deeper stuff, but I'm going to keep it pretty basic today. Again, you guys know I keep things pretty loose on this podcast, but I always try to leave you guys with some practical stuff you can take away in the 20 minutes or so that we spend together. So here's a few things that I've realized, um, I guess I'd say over the past, you know, several years about what it is to be a writer. The first thing is that writers block out time to write. And for me, this means pretty much just sticking to a schedule. Um, 
I tend to write my best at night on the weekends, but during the week, for some reason, I just feel like I'm more potent as a writer early in the mornings during the week. Maybe it has to do something with the fact that I'm, you know, getting up in the morning. I usually get up about 5.30 or so to get ready for work. So my brain is already starting to get active. So I find that sometimes I'll get up just a little bit earlier and block out half an hour, 45 minutes in the morning before I get ready for work to, you know, get some of those ideas out. Some of those little bits of writing goodness <laughs> that are in my mind that I could get out onto paper and capture. For you guys, it's going to be totally different. Not everyone has to be as crazy as I am getting up that early. Trust me, I understand that's early, but it's like, for some reason that works for me. So, you know, it's true that you can't just turn on inspiration or creativity at 5 a.m. every day or 7 p.m. every, you know, night or whatever. But I think sticking to a schedule is important for training ourselves to practice writing every day. We don't necessarily... I guess the only illustration or analogy I might have is like, we don't always look forward to working out maybe at the gym, but we know the benefits and we know that our bodies are going to be better for it. So it's kind of the same thing with keeping a writing routine. It's, it's, it's happened that I'm working on a story and I sit down at a time that I've determined that I want to write. And then I got nothing. I got nothing in the tank. Um, so what I do is I don't give up. I just I shift gears to another aspect of the story that I might be writing or another another subject altogether. Um, it might be writing posts for one of the Facebook pages I maintain, or it might be writing down random character names for a story I'm working on or envisioning. Or it might be just, you know, writing out an outline for the next episode of this podcast. Um, but whatever it is, I try to keep my mind in writing mode, even if it's not related to what I thought I'd be working on. So that may not seem like some huge revelation, but I think that for me, I've seen that long-term, that's paid off in the amount of content that I'm able to actually produce in a short amount of time, because I know, like us all, we're all busy. So I don't necessarily have like hours and hours in the day to write. No, it's it's more like consistent blocks of time that I've set aside. Another hallmark of true writers is that writers block out distractions. So if you're a creative person who's committed to this whole idea of the hard work that goes into becoming a better writer, you'll squash any of those distractions that you know you might be sort of prone to falling prey to. Um, it is easy, you know, to fall prey to distractions, but it's kind of easy too to plan for them. And I think for me, I'm distracted by TV. So I'll just record shows or I'll have my, you know, family or my son help me out with setting up the shows we might want to watch, you know, during the week or later on. And so I know that those shows are captured and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I have them ready, but it might be video games for you. I'd say, you know, stick to your video game time, make time for that. 
but after video games, get back to making your ideas happen, you know? And if you're distracted by partying, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about that. <laughs> I guess I'd just say, you know, try to cut back by one or two parties <laughs> because the thing is, is that distractions are necessary and they're fun, but we will have so much less to show for our distractions, the distractions we indulge in. And, you know, having nothing to share means nothing to feel accomplished over and nothing to sell if you plan to be a creative entrepreneur of any kind. So I think another thing that I've learned is that deadlines can be a way to motivate ourselves to stay on track. Um, sometimes I've done this to myself and this is kind of like, I don't know if this is the best way or not, but I've committed publicly to, or socially, you know, to friends and supporters to do something. And it's pretty extreme, but I've found that sometimes when I do that, it really helps me to stay focused because now I have a promise to fulfill and I'm very, it's very important to me to fulfill my promises, the promises that I make to those who support what we do. And so you might be, you know, working on a song or releasing um, a new book or a collection of poetry or whatever, but sometimes we got to do that. Sometimes we got to commit and make that commitment, that promise to others, and it'll help drive us towards the finish line. You know, our supporters, they don't support our distractions. They support what we create. So it really is a good thing. It really is good for us to stay on target and, and make sure we hit the mark with our projects. The third thing is that writer's block isn't real. And for a long time, I kind of believed in this whole idea that, you know, writer's block was some sort of fell illness that took over your mind and it prevented you from, and it's all, it's just not real. And it just, I'd put it to you this way. It's like that scene in the matrix when Neo realizes that there, or he learns there is no spoon, the whole, you know, the whole idea that he's actually in control and that these limitations are all in his head. I think there's times where we all get stumped on things, but there are a few ways of, of dealing with this and kind of powering through the myth of writer's block. So first, you know, to me, it's, it's getting tough with myself. Um, there's times where I just, I force myself to sit down and write or brainstorm or refine the outline that I have or take a different path altogether or just start asking myself, you know, what if and keep asking until writing actually happens. So that's one way to do it is to just, you know, force yourself to make that time and to make use of it writing whatever you can, capturing whatever you can, little or big. A second thing to face this idea of writer's block with sarcastic air quotes <laughs> is to take breaks and then change your scenery or take a break, you know, take a step back, change your scenery, go to somewhere new that you're typically not going to be when you're writing. Sometimes being in this, you know, different environment can lead to breakthroughs. Um, so, you know, just grab the laptop or the notepad or sketchbook if you like to sketch and doodle while you write. 
and just go to the park, you know, go to a tea shop or a friend's house or just somewhere secluded maybe a little bit that you can kind of, um, or around people, whichever, but in a new environment, sometimes we find some, some progress can be made. And then the third thing is to research. So I don't know about you guys, but there's times where I found myself writing about something and I'm like, wait a second, I need, I just need more information. I don't have some of the facts that I'd like to make sure I acknowledge. Well, sometimes this idea of writer's block is a sign that we need more information about what we're writing about. So if you're writing about architecture or you're writing a detective novel or a song about a woman who travels the world, learning more about the subject matter that's in your writing is a great way to promote progress. Um, capturing ideas about the general, you know, premise of the stories you want to tell is great, but sometimes when we, we kind of work on that foundation of fact or, or history or lore, we can really, you know, build progress faster and it can break, help us break through any of these sort of times where we get stumped on the projects we're working with. So there you have it. There's a few areas that I think as writers, you know, we can really focus on to get a bit better or to grow a little bit. I have a big project that I work on called World of Renaga, and I've talked about it now and then, and it kind of serves, it's a backdrop to this podcast at times, not because I'm trying to be salesy about anything with it. It's really because that's where I've gained the most experience, you guys, and what I've done. And it's not because, you know, that project has some, you know, big, huge success at this point. It's still really relatively very small in terms of its success, but it's a big project that features a lot of different content that begs for writing to be done in large quantities. And getting that writing accomplished is what's going to stack up, you know, and allow me to construct the the measure of success that I think it can have. So for instance, when we produced the game Iconica, which is set within the world of Renaga, there's a technical level of writing, which I kind of mentioned earlier, that needs to be done. And people need to know how to play the game and, and they need to be able to read through rules, a rule set that is easily comprehend, comprehended. Um, I'm on version 6.0 this year of the rules, which I guess after six or actually seven years of Iconica's existence, um, you know, that's pretty standard, right? I mean, usually yearly with some of these things, there's some sort of refinements that happen with rules or whatever, but I'm still learning to be more concise in my writing. And like I've mentioned before, I'm a big believer in just learning by doing. So I didn't wait till I was perfect at writing rules. I decided to write rules, bring to bear all the principles that I knew I could bring to that project and do the best job I could and then refine from there. So, you know, it's not easy to say a lot of things with less words. That takes practice. And I've learned a lot from the just the one, you know, 11 by 17 rule sheet that comes with the game Iconica. And it's been a huge, you know, case study for me in, in refining the technical aspect of writing. On the other hand, you know, I have a lot of energy inside for 
writing narratives and stories from the third person perspective, which are, you know, I believe rich with this, you know, imaginative vision that I have. And they make use of words that show the reader what's happening in the stories I tell rather than just, you know, telling them what's happening. And this requires a whole different mindset. And again, it's all come down to practice. Um, this idea of practice makes better. So with some of the the more, um, you know, deep fiction that I'm writing, I've found that there's times where I have to be able to just take a step back. When I have those times where I'm a little bit unsure of the plot, I go back to my outline. I try to take a very pragmatic approach to telling stories. I do work from an outline. Um, it's just, it helps me to stay a little bit within the lines with the major stuff. And then with some of the minor stuff, I can break the outline a little bit. But for me, it's, it's you know, learning to use all the tools at my disposal to do both jobs. You know, get better as a technical writer, get better as a, as a writer of fiction, as a, t a storyteller. So in the end, you know, block out time for your projects. Block out distractions and view writer's block as just a myth. Um, more of a myth, at least, than reality. And, you know, we all work hard during the day. We have day jobs and night jobs. Some of us have second jobs. But, you know, making small bits of progress still counts. And over time, I think it's going to open up huge opportunities for all of us in whatever creative pursuits we're focusing on. So, hey, a couple things real quick uh, by way of announcement before we wrap up this episode. You know, I'm pretty crazy busy with preparations for exhibiting at the Phoenix Comic Con this, this year uh, in June. And I wanted to say, you know, mark your calendars for the week of June 9th because I'll be returning to Creative Drive recordings then with an episode that's going to be all about presenting your ideas to other people, whether it's online or in a print portfolio or in a sample book. So I'm going to talk about some of those things, and um, that's what's coming up. But I wanted to give you guys a heads up that I'm going to take a few weeks to prepare for the Comic-Con and, you know, in the next episode, I'll give a brief update, too, on how that went and some of the things you might have learned at this year's event. Want to submit a question for the show or share a comment? Email me at ericsdesk at gmail.com or contact me via the contact page at specimendesign.com. This has been Creative Drive. I'm Eric Torres. Thanks for listening. Today's afterthought. Don't cry because it's over. Cry because it was a thing, and it happened, and it was awkward, and everyone laughed, and now it's all over. Thank you.